Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. Today is February 8th, 2023, and this is Ben and Barry on football. What's up out there? This is your co-host, Ben Dickerson, all fired up and ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the interviews. Has that stuff been on television? Have you seen it? Oh, it's constant. Okay, okay. I, I haven't been in the house uh, during the day, so I haven't had a chance to see anything. Maybe I can catch some stuff tonight, some replays. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, everybody's getting coaches. Uh, I've seen Sirianni get interviewed, naturally. You know, Anything uh, interesting? Well, one of the things I will say is professional athletes are coached very well in political speech. So... You know, you ask them a question, they don't necessarily answer it. They'll say something, but they're not necessarily answering the question. You know, you're going not really getting what you wanted out of it. Um, they interviewed uh, the Eagles GM. Um, what's his name again? Howie Roseman. Howie. Howie, Howie. Howie, you know, had, a, you know, um, Shady and Howie had a pretty good relationship. You know, how we remembered Shady from the Combine. And, you know, they say yeah, he's really sharp. He has a great memory, you know. And he's getting his kudos now for having put together this team. Right. It's funny. When we talk about the Chiefs, I always say that they're, you know, the offensive coordinator, not the head coach, you know, but the offensive coordinator. He, you know, it's hard to give him real offensive coordinator credit when Andy Reid is considered the offensive coordinator by people kind of in general. So it's always the Andy Reid offense. It's the Andy Reid offense. But you also don't hear a lot about the GM there either. I haven't seen much from him. Uh, I couldn't even tell you who he is off the top of my head. You know, I need to check that out. But um, Howie seems to be the one that's being credited. And, and they've seen, A, the maturity, maturization process of Jalen Hurts bringing in the additional linemen, because early on, remember, they were they were tagged as you could run on these guys, you know. Then they went out and got Linval, jo you know, Linval Joseph and, and, and Dominican Zoo, you know. And, of course, you know, uh, the big the big uh, draft, uh, trade was A.J. Brown, you know. Um, I believe the two biggest trades in the league this year was A.J. Brown and Christian McCaffrey. You know, those were two that really changed, you know, um, franchises. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, lots of it, lots of it happening there. So, you know, we're, we're not going to do too much into in that because we're going to last week, we talked about last week's games. And uh, I don't know if you've gotten any feedback, you know, on what we had to say about that, but I, I was, it was interesting. Um, and I think I put the clip up. On, if not on our Ben and Barry page on my face, on my personal page, the interview with outgoing um, 49er defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans. And, yes. You know, after everything we said last week and what I said about the Eagles, uh, he said the same thing. He said, they make you play 11 on 11 football. He said, which opens up the defense. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, so, you know, I've been, you know, parsing through some different stats just to kind of see, you know, 
Um, you said something last week. We, we were talking about scrambling, and you were like, yeah, Mahomes, he's going to scramble. We said, but Hurts, he's going to run. <laughs> you know, he's not just scrambling back and forth to find a, a, a receiver. So I looked up the rushing yardage, and it's really funny. Um, Justin Fields has, is the quarterback with the most rushing yardage. He's at 1143. Jalen Hurts has 833 yards rushing. You know, I, I thought you would get a laugh out of this. Right behind him at 810 yards rushing is one Daniel Jones. Yes. <laughs> and behind him. I laugh. It's serious. It's real. <laughs> I, I already named him a dual threat quarterback. He is a true dual threat quarterback. I said that weeks ago. Well, your, 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 your AFL favorite. Is that 808, Mr. Josh Allen? Another true dual threat quarterback. Another one. Now, Lamar didn't play a whole season, but he was at 764. You know, so we know he didn't play a whole season. Patrick Mahomes, however, 374. Right. So that's 374 to Jalen's 833. So what you were saying is absolutely correct in terms of, you know, they run in different directions. <laughs> They run in different. Oh, there's a difference between a runner and a scrambler. Truly. Holmes is a scrambler. He, he uses his feet, his legs, uh, whatever way you want to look at it, to manipulate the pocket more so than to break out of the pocket and get downfield. He doesn't enhance the Chiefs' rushing game like Jalen Hurts enhances the Eagles' running game. The, the, um, the fact that the that the that the Eagles run the ball the way they do, when they replayed Jalen Hurts in the in when he played against Brock Purdy in college, right? Brock was kind of the scrambler quarterback. He's looking to throw the ball. Jalen's the guy that's going to run. Jalen won the game, so I'm somehow that's in the back of my mind when I'm thinking about. The game that's coming up. So, uh, you ready to go into it? You ready to talk about yeah. it? Yeah, sure. All right. The Bias Plus Report, Pro Football Bias Plus Report for the NFL Super Bowl 57. I had to go back and, uh, review my Roman numerals. I hope I did that right. Kansas City Chiefs right. at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are considered the home team. Bias plus score of 5.1 favors the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Eagles and the uh, the Eagles and the Chiefs are not that far apart in terms of net points, Benny. Um, they really aren't. Uh, but the Eagles had better turnover differential numbers. And again, based on the Pythagorean calculation, it really kind of boosted um, the bias plus in their favor. Um, Philadelphia had uh, what was that? 
9.9 plus 9.9 in net points and Kansas City was plus 7.2. So there's only a couple net point difference, but the, yeah, not a big difference, both on the plus side. Yeah, yeah, but the turnover differential. We remember, remember, we talked about how Kansas City was further down. But, you know, that's one of those things that uh, they can control, you know, and maybe they've gotten better. You know, we shall see about all of that. But Super Bowl bias plus, and I, hey, man, people ask me, so, so, so what do you got? Who you got? Who you got? I'd be like, you got to watch the show. <laughs> These guys, they want me to tell them the deal. Um, but yeah, 5.1 favors the Philadelphia Eagles, Benny. So I know you've done your matrix. Now you've calculated it from every angle. You look forward. <laughs> you flipped it over your shoulder. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about all that, but I did put some thought into it. Oh, okay. Uh, just so happens that my two main fantasy leagues, I'm in the championship in both of them. So tomorrow night, I will have two drafts via Zoom uh, with the with my opponent and someone else from the league to help moderate. Um, and we will have to draft nine starters onto our Super Bowl teams. And if my nine starters outplay the other guy's nine starters, I will be champion. We can pick anybody from any from either of the two teams but the rules state that if in fact one of us has the number one player or starter at a particular position on one team then the other owner gets the number one player at the same position on the other team in other words it would be basically impossible for you to have Miles Sanders and Jarek McKinnon, who is considered the starter on, 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 in one league. Now, one league uses stats. The other league uses depth charts or current depth charts. So in the one league that uses current depth charts, Isaiah Pacheco is the starter for the Chiefs. In the league that uses stats, McKinnon. Okay, so I have to think differently for each draft. So a little bit of I just saw something and I said they I think they said McKinnon had the most touchdown catches, pretty much anybody on the team. Of anybody on the team? Yeah. Nah, I, that couldn't be. Well, okay. No, I, I, I can't see him having more catches, touchdown catches than Kelsey. But uh, he's got more than any other running back on the team. Well, I'm maybe, sure that. maybe that's what it was, but I know that they were saying that he throws to he was throwing to his running backs a lot. Yes, he does throw to them a lot. Uh, you know, right? You know, I keep my eyes on former Niner. I keep my eyes, you know. Yeah. So, so there's a there's a lot to weigh. There's a lot to think about. Uh, off the top of my head, if I just say which team is the more talented across the board, I would have to say the Eagles. If I say which team looks the strongest as far as not having weaknesses. In any particular phase of the game, uh, offense, defense, special team, again, I would say the Eagles. Uh, if, if you want to break it down like a lot of people do to which team has the best quarterback, which is considered the most important position in the game. So you, people like to kind of ride with who they think is the better quarterback. 
At that point, I would have to say it would be Patrick Mahomes. However, he's dealing with an injury. However, Jalen Hurts also is dealing with an injury. This shoulder thing is not over, folks. It's not over, okay? A lot of people that are Eagle fans are getting or are arguing the point that Hurts didn't play well against the 49ers. Eagle fans will tell you, hey, he didn't have to play great against the Niners. We ran the ball the whole second half. But if you look at his numbers, he did throw some passes, and his accuracy really was off. It was off. He did not play well when he was playing. Now, when he handed the ball off and when he ran the ball, sure, he looked great. But throwing the ball, there was something not quite right, okay? Yeah, we talked In about fact, uh, the AJ digging the ball out the dirt for him, saving him on a on pass. Right. I saved him on a, a pass, you know. That, right. Well, they called the completion. To, well, I'm not going to talk about the Devontae catch. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it, it officially it was considered a catch. If they got the right angle of the of the play, they would have seen that he did not survive hitting the ground. The ball did come out. But it was such a great one-hand snag. He did catch it with one hand and bring it in, but he didn't complete the process of the catch. So it probably should have been called an incompletion. But I'm not going to say nothing about that because that was a great, great catch or attempt at a catch. Um, somebody else dug one out for him too. So he he wasn't at his best. And even as of February 2nd, he was interviewed and told he's still going through the process of getting treatment on the shoulder. So he's not 100%. But, hey, it's the Super Bowl. It's the end of a long football season. Who the heck is 100%? Nobody. Nobody. Really. And there's no game next week. That's right. So this is the one where you, quote, unquote, let it all hang out. That's that old. being said, <laughs> the biggest difference between the two teams that I'm going to lean on is the fact that the Eagles' defense from top to bottom, from the front seven to the secondary, looks extremely strong. And the Chiefs' defense does not. They, You can't name a bunch of great pass rushers. Chris Jones is playing lights out. No doubt about it. Chris Jones is playing lights out. But he's pretty much the only guy. That's playing one lights other guy. out. Isn't there this one other guy? Uh, yeah, but he's a good player, but he's not playing at Chris Jones's level. That was what what I thought was, you know, uh, reminded me of my Niners where I said, yeah, we got Nick Bosa on one side, but, you know, you start talking about the other side. You yeah, but you've got stay. Armstead, but you've got Armstead and, and the other tackle that well, collapsed yeah, pockets inside. from the inside. When you, when you they don't with, have that. They don't have that. The Chiefs don't have that. They don't. They move Jones around. He comes off the edge, and he plays tackle. His real position is D-tackle. So, and their secondary, they got three rookies playing in the secondary. Granted, those guys have held their own, but even when we do our rankings, their defense is ranked low because they give up a lot of points. Those guys get scored on. So, that's the difference. In that case, I would have to say that I'm going to take the Eagles. You know, the the the, the ability of the coach 
to make the defensive adjustment uh, to 11 on 11 football, I think is why I think that the Eagles would will win. That and, and I've been saying this all along. I can't remember an option offense in the Super Bowl. I mean, a true option offense. And he's right. a triple threat. He's not just a double threat because he will right. run, he will throw, or he will pass it off. You know what I mean? Or hand right. it off. So, you know, there's, they're coming at you in, in a lot of different ways. Um, the defense, we talked about that uh, that five-man front that the Eagles run, you know. Right. They run the five-man front, and they can take all five off and bring five more on. So they, they'll be fresh. And, you know, that – we, how many times have we seen that be the determining factor in a, in any one particular game? You know what I mean? Right. Von Miller made his made his name because he, you know, Cam Newton. <laughs> he, he, he was tracking down Cam Newton, you know, back when Cam was the man, you know, and it disrupted what they were doing. So I I kind of, you know, am feeling, you know, that that also. Uh, and it's going to be interesting, you know, Howie Roseman, everybody's giving him a lot of credit, but they're getting ready to have to pay uh, um, Hertz a boatload <laughs> of money. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it because, you know, that that impacts what they can pay everybody else. And then, you know, you've got that situation where, you know, can I can I still give him the level of talent around him? You know, now that we're paying him fifty million instead of five or ten, <laughs> you know what I mean? The rookie contract—that's that's everybody's challenge. Your ideal situation is to get to the Super Bowl with a quarterback that's still on his rookie deal, and they've that's succeeded true. in doing that. They yeah. got there. Now all they got to do is finish it off. That's true. That is true. So, it's, keep your eyes open, ladies and germs. We will be following the Jalen Hurts contract. <laughs> situation because i think that's going to be just crazy i think he's going to set set new standards and again a running quarterback which lamar is probably sitting there going "Uh oh <laughs> he's a running quarterback i'm a what you know what i mean so well, the ravens challenge is completely different though hertz is already pretty much set up with with talent around him that suits his 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 uh, his style of play. Strong offensive line, good run game, two good backs, and two really dynamic receivers, and a clutch tight end. They can't get much better. Some All they got to do is three good backs for the Eagles. Well, you're counting Boston Scott. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> you know the interesting thing about Boston Scott is that they like to bring him in in goal line situations. You know, there's a couple of ways to handle a goal line. You know, one, you can bring the guy that can power and move the pile. And the other one is you can bring a guy that they can't find behind the other guy. Yeah, well, he's quick and they can get him to the outside and the offensive line again. That's what I'm saying. So. Runs really well, okay. But if he was there every damn back, he wouldn't survive a season. Well, that's that. So I'm not going to give him the same credit I give Miles Sanders or Gainwell, who's Who's having a career year? It's funny. Um, uh, my other baby girl, Janelle Gainwell, is like her favorite Eagles. Like, 
you know, of all the, you know, names for her to pull out. Yeah, I like Gangwell. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. So um, the Eagles are favored by Vegas, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That's pretty small. Uh, yeah. Sort of the our numbers backwards uh, as 5.1 as opposed to 1.5. And um, what do you think Vegas is seeing in this situation uh, just to kind of talk a little bit more about, because I don't want to get too much in. I understand that this is going to be a gaming bonanza. The the When I say gaming, I'm talking about betting. <laughs> They're talking about Well, <laughs> it's funny you should say that because I just so happen to have that right here in front of me. Um, prop bets are the biggest thing going right now. And they're easy to do. You can go right on your phone and you can put in just about every prop bet. They go from the normal stuff, like who you think is the Super Bowl MVP going to be. Hertz is favorite for that. Patrick Mahomes is six to five. Kelsey's 10 to one. AJ Brown's 11 to one. Devontae's 20 to one and so on and so forth. Now, where are you getting this information? This is off of Yahoo Sports. Okay, all right. Okay. Total points over under. Take a guess. Um, 50. Very good. 49.5. <laughs> what do you like, over or under? <laughs> See, I, this is the... I'm thinking under. You're thinking under? Okay. Yeah, I'm I, I think I'm kind of leaning that way, too. I'm thinking, a lot of people think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh, I've heard both. It's, it's funny. I think I've heard people talk about both teams in terms of um, offensive that sustain drive so you can keep the other guy off the field. <laughs> For both right. Hurts and for Mahomes. You want to keep both right. The, the the problem with that is that's going to take some, some patience. Both of these teams have shown in the past that they are not patient. Andy oh. Reid loves to go to the air, and when he's successful, he loves to go to the air even more. And Sirianni's kind of shown the same thing as far as I'm concerned. Now, we've seen a lot more of a solid Straight up, we're just going to pound you running game with the Eagles because they've had a lot of blowout wins. The Chiefs have had some close wins. They've given up a lot of points. So they've had to kind of throw the ball around a little bit more. But there is a possibility that this game just goes crazy through the air. Could end up being like the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl when Brady put up 500 yards passing. That is true. They, that is put, true. they put up for something. That was crazy. Now, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Nick Sirianni, Andy right. Reid, who wins the coaching battle? Funny. I was talking to somebody about that today, an Eagles fan, very objective Eagles fan, I might say, the guy on my team, uh, my man Rob. And uh, Rob was asking me what did I think about the game, and I said, Sirianni cannot let Andy Reid outcoach him. Okay. We've been hearing for years, ever since Andy Reid was with Philadelphia, how good he is coming off a bye. 
Basically, that's what's going on here. He's coming yeah. off a bye. Okay. He's got he's guaranteed to show them something they ain't seen on film. Yeah, like and the temptations be, walks right at the goal line before, before yeah. he hands it off on a dive. <laughs> yeah, it it won't be one or two plays either. It's gonna be a couple things. Oh, and it won't necessarily be trick plays. It's gonna be we're gonna show you a formation that you're familiar with from your film study, but we're gonna do something completely off of it from what we normally do. Now, every team does that sort of kind of in a way, okay? Some more than others. I would say that the Chiefs are more on the uh, more than others side. So. Yep. Go ahead. I, I, as far as experience is concerned, obviously I got to lean toward Andy Reid. Interesting thing uh, in, in terms of the whole Jalen Hurts 11 on 11 is that um, so much of what he does is predicated or happens after the snap of the ball, you know, where right. he's reading the ends and, you know, all of right. that kind of stuff. And right. when we talk about their run game, again, because everybody can't just go hell-bent after him because once they know one, if they pass him or if he gets past them, he's going to hurt him bad, you right. know what I mean? That it changes the way that they rush, you know. It, it changes a lot of things. I even talked a little bit about how my Niners at one point Hurts rolled left, and I looked up. They had to be like six Niners <laughs> rolling over there with them, you know. So Sirianni kind of more so just needs not to get in the way too much, you know. These, they're going to have their plays and the scripts, but you know, let Jalen Hurts run that thing once he gets out there. And in a way, you know, Mahomes is you know, can do that. It's not like he can't, but um, if the play breaks down, then he can do all his Mahomes magic, but he's going to have that script. And I don't think, do you think Sirianni gives them a script? The old West Coast 16, 15 play script? I don't, I'm not going to say, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't think so because I haven't heard it mentioned much when watching Eagles games, usually if the commentators notice that or, you know, the commentators, they have uh, pregame meetings with the coaches. Okay. So they talk about those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And that's why they come out during the game and they go, oh, you know, he's got that 15 play script that he comes out with. And I don't think the Eagles do that. Yeah. If they do, it hasn't been publicized. <laughs> Play one, hurts left, play two, hurts right, play three. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You, it, because they call plays that are options, what happens on the play is up to hurts. Is up to hurts. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. His post-snap reads, as far as how the defense attacks him, tells him what needs to be done. And uh, Mahomes' post-snap reads are pretty much more the conventional type where I'm reading the defense. This is what they're showing me. If I see this guy do this and that guy do that, then I know what I saw was right or it was a disguise and they're doing something else. And then he makes his plays off of that. Quick release, sidearm, this mess, whatever he needs to do to get the ball to the right person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, we talked last week about him being a better pocket quarterback than people give him credit for. Right. And – uh and it'll be interesting The Eagles will have to play, hope, well, unless they hurt him too, play uh, a, a good quarterback 
the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Like against us where they just basically had to play a quarterback half the game. So and, and that's a danger for the Chiefs also. I'm I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying there's no way the Chiefs can win this game because obviously it is. But if he comes into the game a little bit gimpy, even if he doesn't show it early, and he takes a hit or gets chased out of bounds or somebody drags him down and he gets up and it's not looking good, they're going to pull him out and put in Chad Henney. If they pull him out of the game and put in Chad Henney, holy mackerel. Eagles are going to turn that. Yeah, he was pretty good when they pulled when they put him. I in. don't care. I don't care. <laughs> he wasn't playing Hassan Riddick. Riddick's on fire. Riddick can't be blocked right now. Um, Jalen Hurts in twenty twenty two had ten quarterback fumbles. That's one area that uh, they need to really keep an eye on with him. And I guess if you run it as much as he does, that would make sense. You know that he might have more fumbles, but uh, that's just an area to keep an eye on. All right, Benny, I would, well. I would venture to guess most of those, I, I, I don't know for a fact, but I would venture to guess that most of those happened in the pocket rather than when he was out in the open field. Think so? That would be my guess. Yeah, well. He secures the ball pretty well when he's running. It's those blindside hits and those strips when you're getting ready to throw. That kind of thing. I, that's probably where the majority of those fumbles came. You know, the other thing, this is another little thing I, I dug out. I, I was thinking up some, you know, different stats just to kind of see, you know, where they were. And in terms of touchdowns, Jamal Williams uh, was number one with 17 touchdowns. I understand he broke Barry Sanders' record for touchdowns there at the in Detroit Lions. So he's been on uh, on a lot of shows. In second place is Austin Eckler with 15 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. But tied with Austin Eckler, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so he's accounted for 15 touchdowns personally. Now, uh, when, uh, when, when I went across a couple other stats, and I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about rushing, um, Patrick Mahomes accounted personally for four touchdowns. So when we talk about he's going to pass the ball and get it off to his players, that's absolutely correct. You know, it's it's really amazing uh, the difference there. Um, so let me ask you a question. So when you say accounted for, you're saying Mahomes had four rushing touchdowns? That's what I'm basically saying because, you know, they they – um, they're giving them personal credit for the touchdown, and he wouldn't get. Well, it. if it's a rushing touchdown, then they deserve personal credit. Yeah, right. Hertz had 15 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he's tied with Austin Eckler. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, in terms of uh, passing yardage, you know, Mahomes had 5,771 yards. Hertz had 3,976 yards. So, again, what you were saying in terms of, you know, the differences in the quarterback, you know, it's it's definitely there. Um, so, I mean, from 57-71 to 39-76. 
Uh, I think I mentioned the number of fumbles uh, that they had. But also, I was looking at rush yardage just to kind of see who had what. And um, interesting, and I think I mentioned to you here uh, about uh, your, your boy Daniel Jones. Um, let's see if I can find that real quick. Now, most of these rush yards, except for Mahomes, um, you had to qualify and you had to have at least 6.25 attempts per team's games played. So you had to run the ball at least six and a half times. So number one is Justin Fields, a rushing average of 7.1. Lamar came in at 6.8. Josh Allen at 6.1. Daniel Jones at 5.9. Patrick Mahomes didn't have the six and a half um, criteria, but his average was 5.9 for when he did run the ball. And okay. Jalen Hurts is 4.6. So mm. Jalen Hurts is a smart guy. He will go down. You know, you can get all excited about, you know, coming up to hit this running quarterback if you want, but he will slide on you <laughs> in a moment. <laughs> so... Don't be too uh don't get too excited. But yeah, you know, uh Hertz is accounting for a lot of their touchdowns. And, you know, I kept seeing when I was looking at the uh the all 22 with my Niners that they were hitting right at the middle. And and we kept having to have our linebackers kind of come up and play. And I found out it's because they like the wide nine. And I've never really been a fan of the wide nine. And I think it's really even funnier because, you know, your boy from the, um, was it Charlotte? Um, what's what's the coach that you was hoping they would keep? Panthers? Wilkes. Wilkes. He's going to be the defensive coordinator for the Niners. Mm -hmm. And for what I understand, one of the things that they did was they brought in, uh, they brought their line defensive line coach in as part of the interview process and they wanted to make sure that he continued with this wide nine concept. Okay. That's going to be interesting. But it, what I, what I saw was that the Eagles saw that, <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you're going to, the Eagles had the number one center in the league. So if you're going to give them a gap right up the middle, they're going to take it because that's easy for them. You know what I mean? So uh, we'll see how the uh, Chiefs respond to that. But, yeah, yeah, um, I expect Jalen Hurts is going to count for as many touchdowns as necessary, so we shall see. All right, hold on. Okay, Benny, so we only had the one game, but after we do the bias for the one game, what's left? What I don't know, are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, they bust the bias. You got to give it to them. And you know, if I gave it to them, I'm giving it to them right. Well, you got to give it to them, like I you said. Philadelphia Eagles bias plus buster of the week for the NFL Conference Championship 2022. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. They had an unfavorable bias plus score of 2.5. They won by a net plus score of 24, giving them a bias plus buster score of 26.5.
So if the Chiefs win, I guess next week they'll get the bias plus Buster for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there's no competition uh, for usually there's three or four teams that we um, that that are in competition for that. But yeah, hey, look, you got to give it to them, man. Twenty four, you know, that was the net score. So congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Benny. You want to take a quick look at the Facebook page? Sure. Okay, Benny. So we're going to go to our social media at Ben and Barry on football on Facebook. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we are also on Instagram and on our Spotify Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So, just a quick stroll through. So, apparently, Benny, and maybe you know a little bit more about this than I do, but it's like the NFL won't allow a team to dress more than three quarterbacks. But in actuality, I think they do. But there's something that something about it that most teams wind up not doing. They wind up dressing somebody, an, an extra man, somewhere else in a different position. But now um, I understand that uh, my Niners are really kind of pushing the league to allow to dress three quarterbacks if you want. And I guess without – I don't know how they want to do it. But long story short, it's sort of unprecedented to lose both your quarterbacks like that and have to get down to a third. Have you seen any of this kind of stuff? Well. It it, it is a rule of some sort that has to do with the roster that you actually put on the field per game, uh, the number of players and number of players per position, which is why you have inactive guys. Usually the guys that are inactive have maybe like a little injury or, you know, they just decide, you know, we're just not going to dress so-and-so today, which allows us to put an extra guy in that we can play on special teams or something like that. Um, Let me say it this way, and I just really pulled it up. It says, from 1991 to 2010, the NFL allowed teams to dress an additional quarterback in addition to the starter and backup without counting toward the 45-player limit. Okay. So that so was when did, a day ago. When did that change? Uh, well, it said to, to 2010. Oh, okay. So, you know um, – but I think it's it's it says a third quarterback from his inactive list is permitted to dress for the game, but if he enters the game during the first three quarters, the other two quarterbacks are thereafter prohibited from playing. Right. So it just is really kind of funky. The whole thing is kind of funky. I don't know why they want to, you know, go through all of that. You know, just let them dress three if they want to dress three. But uh that's kind of one of the things that's being discussed right now and you can go to Ben and Barron football and read a little bit more into it. I didn't have time to go too deeply into it. Um, this is a situation where two of the former players from the same Utah school are going to be in the Super Bowl. So I can imagine that if you're a coach, a high school coach, you know, and uh, you got two of your former players, you know, in, in the Super Bowl. Now you're probably going to ask me a real obvious question. Who are they? 
Benny? That would be. What do you mean you don't know? I didn't. I forgot. Hold on. What does it say? I was more interested in the coach than I was in who the players were. But let me tell you, um, Zane Anderson and Sua Opeta. Zane Anderson. Now he's a second year D back for the Chiefs and Sua Opeta. It's played on both sides of the line, offense and defense for the Eagles. Okay, these guys are low on the depth charts. I don't want to say they're practice squad players, but we're talking third string here, at least. Well, but hey, they're on the roster, man. They're on the roster, and no. it's possible they run down on special teams or something. So I can't, you know, they're there. Congratulations. I put an article on the page because I wanted to make sure that people understood the difference between the Pro Bowl and the All-Pro list. Right. Um, the Pro Bowl is selected by a co by conference and has enough players to fill up a roster with all, with all Pro. It's done for the entire NFL and is only looking at filling a starting lineup. So three quarterbacks are selected for the conference to the Pro Bowl, uh, assuming they all come, because if they don't, they'll get somebody else. But the designation of being all pro goes to one quarterback. So they have a first team and a second team all pro. And I believe Mahomes right. was first team and Hertz was second team all pro. So right. the idea behind the Pro Bowl, the idea behind the Pro Bowl is to build two teams. The idea behind all pro is to set a starting lineup of the best of the best of the entire league. There you go. So, well, while we're here and we're talking about it, you you actually enjoyed some of the Pro Bowl. Do you want to say a couple words real quick? <laughs> yeah, for anybody who didn't watch it, you might have thought it was fun to watch. You may not have. <laughs> It was a little sort of kind of corny, but by the same token, it was competitive. It was pretty obvious that the guys were trying really hard to do their best. I'll tell you what I liked about it, first of all. I liked the quarterback competition uh, competition with the accuracy, the throwing accuracy uh, part of it. Uh, I enjoyed the seven on seven games i did enjoy those even though they were non-contact guys were able to show especially the quarterbacks were able to show their throwing ability and the receivers were able to show speed route running ability things like that just like in flag football the way my guys play the game is built for the offense d-backs had little to no chance out there you make a play on defense that's a huge play because they don't happen a lot. Everything is geared toward the offense and toward scoring. So, hence, you saw games that were pretty high scoring. You saw receivers making these great catches. You saw the quarterbacks throwing the ball in tight windows that aren't as tight as they would be if a guy had helmet, shoulder pads on. Now everybody's just down to their, you know, their skivvies, basically. You know what I mean? So those windows aren't as tight. 
the field's bigger because you have less players. They have more room to work with, which enhances the offensive player's speed. It, it's it's crazy like that, but that's the way flag football is. Then you add the fact that it's not contact. That makes it even more exciting. Now, people that like defense probably don't like non-contact flag because there's no hit. Something I did see that I didn't like at all and couldn't for the life of me figure out what the heck was going on was why they had a center snap between his legs and then not be eligible and couldn't even block. For what? Made no sense at all. You might as well just have somebody just stand there and just flip it back. That was goofy. I I, I couldn't get that. I understood the no run zones. Five yards away from the end zone, you don't want the quarterback to run. It's too easy, especially if you can't block. For it. You know? Um, other than that, I enjoyed that. I kind of enjoyed the dodgeball a little bit. That was kind of fun. Um, I actually watched it's the flag thing. Now, what I didn't like was the 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 thing at the end where the, the receiver jumps off the trampoline. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That was super corny. <laughs> that was horrible. They're making it up as they go. That's goofy. Yeah, Diggs and his brother kind of like, eh. Yeah, they had no plan whatsoever. They had no plan. But to go back to the flag real quick, first of all, I, I'm, I thought, well, Benny has to be thrilled with who the MVP was. Who was it? Was it Gino? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Oh, I thought it should have been Gino. You thought it should have been Gino? Yeah. All right. Then secondly, the controversy at the end. Uh, yeah. Um, because Kirk took a knee and Peyton went ballistic and he's saying he can't do that within five yards. That's considered a run play. But they asked the ref like three or four times if they could do it, and the ref said yes. So they did it. And then the ref, and when Peyton and them was going ballistic, he said, game over, done deal. And that was it. Yeah, there were a couple of things that happened during the game in reference to quarterbacks running that they claimed they talked about before the game, and then the ref called it differently from supposedly what was discussed. Oh. So – I don't think they had flag refs. I think they had NFL refs that they just said, hey, look, here's the rules. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that was um, – It was good to see the young ladies from the international flag competition on the different sidelines. Uh-huh. I know that I, I recognize them, the, the, the Mexican uh, – um, Mexican team, yeah. One who won the championship. Yes, 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 yes. She yes. beat what was considered the GOAT quarterback girl on the other side from America. Uh, bro, she was good. Yeah. She was good. So uh, it was nice to see that that going on, you know. Yep. I understand that the engagement with the fans and all of that kind of stuff. Um, the only injury of note, I understand, uh, somebody dislocated their toe. Who was that? Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, um Oh my goodness! I can't remember who did it, but uh, he was okay. They say he popped uh, it right back in. Okay. <laughs> After that. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that I think I watched. That's probably the most that I watched. And then I did watch some of the one where 
they had the linemen and they had these all of these stacks of like dumbbells on this long. Oh, move the chains, it was called. Yeah, okay, okay. That was competitive. And one guy like moved like four of those, like everybody was pushing two at a time. They were doing two at a time. He did four. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I can't remember who that was. But that the was NFC, that was pretty cool. The NFC basically gave up. They didn't even they looked up, saw the AFC was like rolling down. The AFC was gone, and they're like, "Okay, enough of this." They, yeah. So, they, did the the AFC won the overall competition? Correct. I don't know because uh, once Kirk and them won it for the NFC. Well, they won. They won the. They won the seven on seven. Right, right. But I think well, the, the AFC oh, won most of the other stuff. Okay, if you say so. So I think when they added up the points, they made. I, I don't know. I didn't watch the very end. When I saw that crap that Diggs and them were doing, I cut it off. <laughs> that was like, if you pick out whatever you think is the worst slam dunk competition at an NBA All-Star game, that's what that was like. Well, I just thought I'd you know, see if, uh, if they had who won, but all they keep talking about is Kirk Cousins. They can't get past Kirk Cousins. <laughs> well, it, let's just say it worked out for him probably because he didn't have to play the entire game. Well, okay. Could be, could be, could be. Gino did damage. Gino did work in the first half. Gino was balling. Okay, okay. This is the video, Ben, that I talked about. And can you hear that? Both of the Eagles and the Chiefs. Cliff, give us some insight ahead of Super Bowl 57 and what makes preparing for those two offenses so uniquely challenging. The one thing that the common thread that sticks out both of the offenses is the quarterback position. Right? They have two dynamic quarterbacks who not only they're not just sitting in a pocket, right, and standing in statues, right? These guys can they're mobile, they can get outside of the pocket. And they make you play eleven on eleven football, which unlocks a defense. So that's what I said. So me and my coach, uh, ex-coach, were in lockstep here. Now, Benny, this was. I said here, talk about hush hush. Michael Irvin gets pulled off the Super Bowl fifty. Seven coverage on NFL's network after report of misconduct toward a woman. Had you heard about this? Yeah. You know anything? I do. Uh, from what well, I, I can I'll tell you, what it, it, it doesn't it doesn't sound good. First of all, the NFL network is not saying anything about this, but Michael Irvin is. Yeah, spoken about it quite a bit. And he's claiming to be at a total loss as to why this happened. But then he said some things that make me go, hmm, okay. First of all, he said he'd been drinking. I heard That's you. the first thing. Yeah. Second of all, when confronted with this situation, he said he came in and went straight to his room. He claimed he didn't remember talking to anybody. Then when they made it clear that he did, in fact, stop and talk to somebody, 
He said he talked to them for about 45 minutes, shook her hand. I think you said 45 seconds. Like less than a minute. That's what he Oh, was. less than a minute. I'm sorry. You're, you're right. He said it was less than a minute. And then he left and went to his room. But you know, it don't take much more than 30 seconds to say something inappropriate to a woman. The wow. hotel people had to convince him that they had him on video talking to this woman in the lobby before he even believed that he did it. So in my mind, you must have been pretty toasted if you don't remember talking to this woman. and Or you, you, you got to be pretty dumb to think you would talk to anybody in the hotel lobby and nobody would notice. <laughs> and you're Michael Irvin, much less. And you're Michael Irvin. Right. Okay. But there are but, some, it's funny how quiet everybody is about it. You heard nothing. You know, as much as Michael Irvin has been a focal point, you know, for all, all season long, then all of a sudden, boop, gone. Like one other football player who I've heard nothing about, one Willie McGinnis. <laughs> yeah, but at least NFL Network put something out saying why you won't be seeing Michael Irvin. Ain't nobody saying nothing about Willie. <laughs> it's like Willie never existed. <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. Okay, real quick, let's keep moving. I understand that Pat Tillman has been chosen over Donna Kelsey to be the honorary coin toss captain. However, well, it won't be Pat Tillman because Pat Tillman is deceased. Yeah, yeah. Probably so, his wife, I think. So, yeah, there was a whole thing about trying to get uh, Mrs. Kelsey uh, to be the coin toss, so you'd have three Kelseys in the Super Bowl. Well, that would have been cute. Yeah, yeah. Did they say why they picked uh, – it's, it's Pat Tillman's wife, right? That's going to actually do it? Yeah. I don't know. I just I – just, saw that they were going to do it with, with Pat Tillman. And, you know, he's like a legend now in Arizona, man. So Oh, absolutely. Pat Tillman. Well, if they have a family member of Pat Tillman's to flip the coin, you can't lose with that. That that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean. It, I it, think Donna Kelsey would have been a nice little, you know, add on. But you, you can't say anything negative about anything that has to do with Pat Tillman. So, <laughs> You know, yeah. I I had some some I had some conflicted thoughts about Pat Tillman until I really read uh, more and more about him, and more, the more I read, the more I kind of was like, yeah, okay, he was good, he was cool, he was cool, you know, because all I knew is nine eleven happened and he was ready to go, go join the army and go get him, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And then we found out that the, the the them that they went to go get wasn't the them that did it, so. Right. You know, but um, I understand he showed some leadership and, and and objectivity throughout that whole process. Right. So, you know, now somebody that you and I have talked about before on the show just got moved over from Tampa Bay. Lori Locus is now going to be a defensive assistant, franchise's first full-time female coach. Okay. So for the Titans, that's good. Good job. Uh, good move on her part. Um, I know several guys 
that play in our flag league and that have played in our flag league that played for the Central Penn Piranha semi uh, uh, semi pro team. Your son, in fact, played for them at least for one season. Um, and, and she was a coach on that team. Yeah. So those guys know her and they all speak very highly of her. So we try to keep an eye on Lori and make sure that we give her her proper props. Right. She continues to uh, be a trailblazer in the NFL. Yeah. Move up on that. Speaking of trailblazers, that. can I inject something? Speaking of trailblazers? Sure. Okay. I meant to speak about this last week. And we didn't get a chance because we kind of got into the games and, and all the other stuff that we talked about. Nicole Lynn, Jalen Hurts' agent. This is not, this is a lot bigger than it sounds like on the surface. On the surface, it sounds like, okay, Jalen Hurts has a female agent, which is rare. She's one of the face first female agents. Black to, female agent, right? Well, she's the one of the first female agents, sports agents, to have clients in the NFL. First black female agent also to have a, a, a client in the Super Bowl. But it's even bigger than that. She became the first black woman to represent an NFL draft pick back in 2019 with Quinnen Williams, who I believe plays for the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that year in 2019 with the Jets. Okay, the Jets. You're right. You're right. Right. You're right. You're right. Is right because his brother also plays for the Jets. That same year in 2019, she was featured in Glamour's Women of the Year series. After that, she went on to represent Jalen Hurts in 2020. She received her certification to represent NBA players also in 2020. She published an autobiography called Agent You. It was reported that 50 Cent was producing a drama television series based on her life. She's also the president of football operations for Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports. Uh, Rich Paul, LeBron James, that Clutch Sports. Oh, really? She runs their football division. Oh, they have a football division. Yes, sir. This lady's big time. She's I didn't big know time. James had a football division. I know that they were talking about his net worth being $1.1 billion yes. on the uh this week. She's Clutch Sports President of Football Operations. Interesting. And, and she's she has a whole operation. It's not just her. You right. Know? No, no. She's she's the head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has that. She has her own part of clutch sports. Right. She has her own agency. Absolutely. Wow. That's crazy, Benny. That is crazy. OK. All right. And say her name one more time. Her name is Nicole Lynn. You know, that's funny because I think I got to check my niece, Nicole. I think her middle name might be Lynn. Oh yeah. Oh, no, Tanya's name, middle name is Lynn. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, we all know Tom Brady uh retired. I understand that he said he's gonna start his uh broadcasting career in the 
fall of 2024. He wants to take a year so that when he starts, he will be great at it. But it was nice just to see a, a good synopsis of his career um, achievements. And, and, you know, when, when you look at this career, his career achievements, starting at the top, seven Super Bowl wins, five Super Bowl MVPs, three NFL MVPs, 15 Pro Bowls, six All-Pros, most career wins, most career passing yards, most career passing TDs, and made the playoffs in 20 of 21 seasons. Mm. I think that was the one that I thought was like, wow, okay. That's impressive. That is impressive. That is impressive. So any last words on Tom Brady? Uh, three NFL MVPs. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 15 Pro Bowls out of 21 seasons. That's pretty good, too. We just talked about the Pro Bowl. Best of the best. You play 21 years and you make it 15 times. That's pretty good. Well, six all pros, that's what we were most impressed by. Right. So that means he was considered the best, you know. Oh, yeah, right. I said that I said that backwards. The yeah. 15 Pro Bowls is nice, but the six all pros is what's most impressive. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy right there. So um congratulations to Tom Brady again. Rolling right along. Uh we talked about Brock Purdy. He's scheduled for his Surgery, I understand it's not going to be Tommy John's. They just have to fix this ligament that got damaged. It doesn't have to be reconstructed. And he expects to be ready for training camp. Hmm. And, you know, I don't understand, but apparently they asked Shanahan about Garoppolo, and he she said something to the effect he doesn't see him having a role on this team. That's right. So, uh, you know. And I didn't get a chance. You you mentioned who was being in uh, on TV. Trey Lance was on today. I didn't get a chance to see Trey. It would be interesting to see what he has to say. So big questions dealing with uh, Trey Lance, Rock Purdy, and then whoever else they might want to come in. Uh, you mentioned last week you were excited to see the USFL coming. So they're scheduled. Their schedule is supposed to come out tomorrow according to uh, this publication that they put out. So you, we shall know something about the USFL tomorrow that we can talk about. Um, uh, just, I heard something today that's that's new. Last year, they played all the games at one location. This year, they're going to have four locations. Oh, okay. Step by step. That's how you do it. Step by step. Um, this is just for those football aficionados, every Super Bowl MVP and score in NFL history. So if you want a little bit of history and you want to go back and see who who and who did what on a per Super Bowl basis, come to Ben and Barry on football and you will find it there. All right, Benny, other than that, thanks for following. Please leave comments and suggestions. Uh, hashtag football is life is our motto. Our website is www.benandbarryonfootball.com. And you, sir, get the last word. Who knows? 